Thank you, Lord, that we could come together, that we can explore your word, that we can come to know you better, and we can do it together in fellowship. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for saving us. Thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit as a comforter and that you're preparing a place for us today. And thank you for your bride, the church. We want to magnify you. We want to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you're going to buckle up because we're going from verse 14 to 34. So that's only 21 verses. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. I'm going to stop because I didn't say it was Mark 1. And some of you may not know that. So it's Mark 1. Once you turn there, we'll get to 16 here. I apologize. So 16. Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little further, thence, he saw James, he saw, uh, sorry, he saw James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him, he cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they were questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. And forthwith, when they went, or sorry, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils, and all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because he knew them. 
There's a lot there, eh? And I would love to go through every, every little part of that. But we would be here a while. If you remember a couple a uh, month ago when I talked about uh, the first six verses of Mark, and if you haven't, then essentially it sums up this way: John the Baptist's job was to prepare the way of Jesus, and he was making the path straight. He was essentially uh, the first part of the gospel message, preparing the hearts of people. To, to be able to receive the gospel. And, and that included repentance, an identity of sin, and sin against a God who created them, so that they could hear the good news part, right? It's so easy for us to jump right to the good news part, like, God loves you, right? That would be so easy for us to talk about, but we for, like to forget sometimes that God hates sin. And Sinners who have sinned against God are going to face punishment, which is hell. We don't like to talk about those things, right? But that's the start of the gospel. Now, Jesus is actively beginning this ministry. And the first thing we see is John being taken out of the way. And we actually can see in other passages where... um, there's questions like, is this the Messiah? And maybe, who are you, John? And John says, you know, like, I'm not the Messiah, right? For the beginning of Jesus' ministry, John's got to be taken out of the way. Does that make sense? Like, he's made the path straight. He's led to Jesus. His whole life objective is to point to Jesus. And now, we don't want John the Baptist to be the limelight, we want Jesus Christ who says, I am the light of the world. Right? It's about Jesus. So at the very beginning, it's pointing to Jesus. And John is taken out of the way so that he's not getting the attention or fame. Jesus gets the attention. As we look through the passage, um, Jesus is calling his disciples. I would encourage you to check out the name meaning of each of these disciples. Really cool, because the names themselves actually are the gospel message. Peter, Andrew, James, and John all talk about God hears us, and he sent grace when you put the names together. It's really fun to explore this when you start really digging in and you're like, I wonder what those names mean. Oh, wow. They're there to tell us the gospel message. What's their job? To point to Jesus. So the the first disciples chosen, first apostles chosen, their very names suggest that it's not about them. It's about Christ. Uh, last week, Lauren talked a lot about the, the words straight away and immediately and time. Time words just keep coming up. That's pretty neat when you go through this and you see straight away. And when, 
and straight away on the Sabbath, and immediately after, and forthwith. There's another good word, forthwith, which means immediately. It says actually in verse 15, the time is fulfilled. You know, in, in, in signing off on John, it says that the time is fulfilled. And there's lots of times in the scriptures where you go back and look, and it's like, there's a certain point of time when get in the ark, right? It's time to get in the ark because the time is fulfilled and then there's going to be the floodwaters coming. That's like these just neat punctuations. This one says, and saying, Jesus' words, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So, like I said, John's time was fulfilled. Now it's time to focus, you repent, and receive the gospel. Receive the good news of Jesus Christ. Receive the message of salvation and the opportunity to put your faith in Jesus. We're kind of probably all feeling like we're in another time being fulfilled, right? Even in this age that we're in right now, calling out, culminating towards like, how long, Lord, until you return? How long? And again, what does it point to? All these struggles, all these things are going on in the world, pointing to Jesus' return. I left my notes at home, so just try to remember some of these points that I really want to address as the Lord leads. Jesus has all authority. We know from the Great Commission that all authority was given unto me, he says. And he's preaching with authority, and everybody's recognizing it. Whoa, this guy's not like all the other Jewish teachers. He's preaching like he wrote the book. Because he wrote the book. What's the first part of authority? Author. He wrote the book. So he knows what he's talking about. He's the only one really knows what he's talking about. I mean, even John was confused when they were asking, is he Jesus? And he's like, well, go check for me. You know, even he had some doubt, right? But Jesus is the one who knows. He's the author of creation. Remember back in Genesis 3, it says, and God said, let there be light. And God said is the word. That's the spoken word. Who is that again? That's Jesus. Who created everything? Jesus. How does everything consist? Jesus. What's the focus? Jesus. So he speaks with all this authority. He casts out devils, and the devils know who he is, and they're announcing him, and he goes, no, not allowed talking about it. Why? Wouldn't it be helpful if he got more popular? Then he could have big meetings, rent a stadium, get a lot of people there, do healings, make a big show. Wouldn't that be a more effective ministry? He could, he, you know, he could get more and, and maybe plant more uh, kind of purpose-driven churches out of this, right? <laughs> if you know me, I'm not a Rick Warren fan, so. <laughs> Jesus 
tells the devils no. And they have to listen to him. They actually are, are frozen from talking because he has that level of authority. And why? Why? Because fame can often hinder the gospel. Probably most of the time, hinder the gospel message. Because now what are they looking for? Signs and wonders. They're looking for the miracles and the, the good speaking. But that's not Jesus' point. The point was that it's repentance and receiving the gospel. Not going for the show. It's not a circus. And people can just as easily come to church, go to a big seminar for the sake of going to a big seminar, to hear a good word, to watch signs and wonders. And we have a lot of that, right? We have the Benny Hens and these different performers that are out there doing false miracles and drawing people in. They're not pointing to Jesus. They're pointing to their penthouses and their big airplanes, but they're not pointing to Jesus. And Jesus himself knows that there can be the wrong attention even laid on him. And he's telling them to be quiet. Because fame is probably going to hinder the gospel. What, what kind of generation seeks after a sign and wonder? Right, a wicked and adulterous generation seeks a sign and wonder. Jesus said that, Matthew 17. It's funny, last week I was, or uh, it was last week I was like, oh, I wouldn't put that in my sermon as, as Lauren was preaching. I was like, what verse was that again? I'm looking, I'll find it on my phone real quick. Didn't find it on the phone real quick. Look down, it was right there. Matthew 17, right there in front of me. I'm like, yeah, that's the verse. A, 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 a wicked and adulterous generation is the one who seeks after a sign. So that's not Jesus' ministry to promote seeking after signs and wonders. Okay, at the end of Mark, we're going to see, um, I'll read it, that signs and wonders will follow them that believe. And Jesus' ministry is being sealed or qualified by the signs and wonders, but it's not the focus. Sometimes I like to talk real fast, and I'm working on slowing it down a little bit. All right, especially when I'm excited. So, uh, Mark 16, 15, uh, we got the Great Commission. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. That's the gospel message. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And, they, um, and if they drink any deadly thing, uh, it shall not hurt them. Uh, shall, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Those are pretty cool miracles that will follow believers. This is not specifically saying apostles. It is saying believers. These wonderful things will follow. But even in this discussion, what was the, the main focal point? Go into the world. Preach the gospel unto every creature. But he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Do you see the focus? The qualifier comes after. 
these signs shall follow. So that's like, in some cases, that will seal or qualify the person preaching as authentic. Remember when Jesus, he's, he's preaching in a house. It's so full you can't get in. Four guys got their buddy, he's on a blanket. They carry him up on the roof, dig a hole through the roof and drop him down. And he says, because he knows the thoughts, he says he perceives the thoughts of the Jews that were there, so that you will believe, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, but so you'll believe that I have the power to forgive sins, get up and walk. It was a qualifier to the point. The point was that Jesus can forgive sins, which is part of the what again? The gospel. And it's who is the focus? Jesus. And the healing was for qualifying it. That's all. Not the focus. The gospel was the focus. Jesus is the focus. So in Mark 1, get John out of the way. Jesus ministers. All of a sudden, devils are trying to make him famous. Hmm. If it's the devil's agenda to do something, an unclean spirit's agenda to do something, it's not good. Right? It seems good. Oh, you're the son of God. You're the one. It says you are... Uh, where did I see it there? You're the Holy One of God. You're the Holy One of God. They announced that. Is it true that that's true, right? Jesus is the Holy One of God. They said a true statement. Even though they're lying spirits, they still said a true statement. And yet, the agenda wasn't right because it's trying to subvert Jesus' authority and get people to focus on the miracles and the wonders and the good speaking instead of on the repenting and receiving of the gospel. So, if you hold a preacher in high esteem, a televangelist, or anything like that, don't. Don't. Get in your Bibles. Okay? Not saying that every televangelist is bad or they don't have a good message to say. There are some that do. But don't hold them up here. Don't. Remember John looks at the angel and he's like, whoa, gets down on his face and the angel's like, whoa, don't do that. that Electricity's conductive. Don't do that. I'm just like you. I'm a humble servant. It's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So, I really encourage you. Get in the scriptures yourself so that when you're looking into the scriptures, you're seeing the face of Jesus. Right? Let the words just come off the page. And when you don't understand something, James 1.5 says, ask for wisdom. Will he give you wisdom if you ask him? Absolutely. If you ask him, he will give it. Maybe not right away. Like, well, I didn't get it. But then a year later, while you're driving somewhere, all of a sudden you're like, oh, why didn't I think about it? It's like plain as the nose in my face. There it is in the scriptures. Right? Happens. Also, a little bit of a side point, but it's in, in the notes. If I have 11 pages, 12 pages, I guess, because I had the scriptures in there too, but 11 pages of notes on this passage. 
and uh, Wendy will email it out later. <laughs> Did you get it earlier? Yeah. So, you guys, if you really want to see more that's buried in here because it's there, check it out. Uh, it's a lot of scriptures hiding in there and that, that connect with it. But here's one. With uh, Simon Peter's mother, he says, He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. There's a picture of the bride of Christ being lifted up. Isn't that the end of the gospel right there? The bride of Christ, the church, being lifted up by the Lord. What a cool picture, right? We're down here in these carcasses, these corrupt things called flesh. And he's going to lift us up and out of that corruption, out of the, the fever and the sickness that she's in. And we're going to be with him. That's such a cool picture. Anyway, thank you, Lord, for your word. I just pray that it would resound in our hearts and that we'd uh, just have a real desire every day. But even as we leave here today after the AGM, that we would continue to just desire to focus on your word. And uh, there's so many other focuses that we've got to go home and do things or get stuff done that didn't get done or all these distractions. And this is a day that we can just rest in you Rest and, and meditate on your word and, and think about what you had to tell us and just even just even on a verse. Pray that you would help us to do that, that just churn it in our hearts. And give us wisdom, Lord. You said you'd give us wisdom if we asked, so we ask that you would do that. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.